Hello and welcome to this audio article by ESCP Business School, produced in partnership with the Commercial Department of the Financial Times. You're listening to the Director's Cut for The Choice, the new media powered by ESCP. Over the last year, many businesses experienced the dramatic shift from office work to a home office. But will working from home become business as usual for businesses forever? I'm Matthew Sansom, and joining me today are Fred Place, CEO of Platform.sh, a technology platform company that's based in San Francisco in name alone, and Professor Benjamin Voyer, Professor of Behavioural Science at ESCP. Ben, I'm going to start with you. If you look back at 2020 as a whole, was working from home a success? I would say it's been a success primarily for two reasons. The first one is what I would call inertia. We had been working before all together as organizations. So when we had to switch to working from home, it worked because we had established ways of working, relationships, and so on. Uh, I'd give you the metaphor of the bike. Uh, If you're riding a bike and start pedaling, the bike keeps moving forward. The bike is your organization. uh, And so when we all work from home, the bike carried us and the organization carried us. The other reason why it worked is that everyone else was doing it um, and we had no choice. And so altogether, these made it work in the short term. However, I'm quite concerned as to whether this is the way forward, at least uh, in a fully fledged way uh, for the years to come. Fred, you were well ahead of the remote working curve at Platform DOSSH, but did the way you work change in any way whatsoever in 2020 or was it just BAU? Yeah, hi Matthew, and, and thanks for having me on the show. Uh, you, you, know, you, you said it, we started the business as a remote company um, uh, five years ago, and so uh, COVID didn't make any change for us in the sense that uh, we already had the playbook on how to work from home. However, uh, in my mind, working from home doesn't mean that you don't see each other. And the main change for us is we had uh, to work from home, but we couldn't meet physically at any point in time while we were used to you know, spending uh, a week, a full week, uh, almost every quarter, all together uh, to, to discuss the topics in, in details and to have this, uh, this wonderful human experience of being in the same room for, for hours and taking the time to actually go in depth in the topics. So that part, was, uh, that part disappeared, uh, literally, in 2020. Since March, 7, uh, March 17th last year, we have not been able to, uh, to do any gatherings at all. And so this raised a ton of issues uh, and made the work from home actually not the same experience as we, the, the one we knew before. Ben, clearly working remotely has been successful for companies such as Fred's. But interestingly, it seems that many businesses were actually quite surprised to see an uptick in productivity. Do you not think that many businesses will look at the upside and make a decision to go fully remote from now on? Yes, for sure. But let me come back on the topic of productivity. We know from research uh, on organizational productivity, efficiency at work, that whenever you introduce a new method, a new way of working, a new way of assessing people, something different, people tend to be more productive. There is a short-term boost uh, in terms of productivity. However, as 
things become the new normal and, and when and if people work uh, from home a lot, uh, we do find our academic research suggests that productivity starts decreasing. The issue at the moment is that because everyone is doing it and there's no real choice, it's something that is imposed onto companies, it's working and people are hanging to their jobs and want to show that they're doing well and being productive. It's a very different game if it is not compulsory anymore uh, and if this is something done in the long term. We will see productivity decreasing and we will see working from home as a new dilemma for companies. Uh, is it something that provides us with a competitive advantage? Is it something that helps us to retain employees? Is it a way for us to get talents uh, outside of New York City or the Bay Area when uh, you know the salaries and the cost of living is really high? Uh, so the question will shift from how it's working and, and whether it's working to how to make it work. Fred, let me pick up on what Ben just said there. You're a remote company, but you're in the IT industry, a sector well suited to working from home. Do you think working from home is suitable for all industries? Work from home, um, you know, not everybody is equal in front of uh, work from home and not all populations are actually suitable uh, for, for work from home either. And, you know, if we look at the reasons why we, we started to actually, uh, you know, work from home five years ago uh, at platform.sh, the, the reason is pretty simple. We were actually at the, so we didn't start remote. We started actually uh, with uh, small offices uh, in three locations, uh, namely Paris, uh, San Francisco and London. Uh, and we had people in those three three geographies, which are major tech hubs, right? You know, the, those are places where there's a lot of startups. Uh, and uh, as a matter of fact, a lot of competition when you're actually thinking about uh, talent recruitments. We couldn't uh, get the engineers that we needed to actually build the product. We had from day one strong traction and uh, uh, found a uh, uh, product market fit very quickly for our business. Uh, and we needed to scale. So we decided to actually go remote so we could actually uh, find engineers that were not in those hubs that would actually work in, in other geographies and uh, our recruitment uh, problem was gone uh, the minute we decided to actually start recruiting in different geographies. Uh, and interestingly enough, you know, now this has become uh, a very big asset for the company. We can actually uh, find talents anywhere, geography is no longer a criteria and uh, we can scale. So th that was the, the first reason initially why we made that choice. Okay, let me flip that back on Ben. Ben, isn't there an irony here that you've got Platform.sh, a company that became remote due to an inability to recruit the kinds of people it needed on the spot, and the irony being that for many businesses today, high on the list of reasons that sees them wishing to pivot back towards an office-based scenario is recruitment. I can see both sides of the story here. Working from home when you're enabling it and when it's a full-time working from home gives any company access to a market that is not geographically limited uh, and that is a huge perk. So again, I think for me it really comes back on uh, whether this can be a competitive advantage or not. Um, if you are in a location uh, like London, Paris or San Francisco where uh, the pool of workers uh, is constrained uh, by um, you know, the housing market and, and you, know, you can't get enough workers uh, to uh, work for you and you're constantly being outpriced by competitors, then offering working from home uh, works very well. For me, 
it's more of a question of what happens in the long term. Um, and in the long term, whenever uh, you need to grow the company and integrate lots of new recruits, what you find is that some insignificant moments in the office can actually play a big role in making people feel like they belong to the company. Um, there's no more bumping into each other at the coffee machine in Europe or the water cooling machine in the US, for instance. Um, career progression. Uh, there is a risk um, if you work from home uh, entirely within a big hierarchical company of what I would call a, some sort of a screen ceiling is that you, you'll be limited, your career progression will be limited by your computer screen and you won't necessarily be able to access the head office uh, and uh, the top jobs in the company. This opens the door to uh, changes in uh, employees' loyalty. Um, it opens the door uh, to companies outsourcing jobs so that a lot of the jobs are done all around the world. What would you say to a firm that can't see a clear path to returning to the office? What advice would you give to a, a business that wants to retain their best talent and ensure that employees don't become siloed due to a lack of face-to-face -face time with the wider business? You're talking about the way to properly manage a team that is remote. You really have to revisit the way you're handling communication and the information flow within the company. Uh, I think that's one of the, I would say, the, 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 the premier, the first uh, most important thing that uh, you know, needs to be adapted uh, and adapted quickly. And, uh, and that's probably one, also one of the, one of the things that uh, most organizations that had to in, reinvent themselves as a remote company after March 17, 2020. Uh, struggle the most. Uh, you know, the, the, um, the uh, face to face meeting via Zoom uh, is very different to a regular meeting. After 30 minutes in Zoom, you're tired, you're feeling fatigued, and getting your employees to you know, do Zoom all days long, and you're absolutely killing the productivity. So, I think the, the, uh, the first approach was to really limit those Zoom meetings to essentials to limit the, the time spent on video calls as much as you could and so find a way to actually reinvent asynchronous communication within the company and uh, for that there's many tools uh, that, that enable that. There's also a lot of tools that en enable uh, entrepreneurs and management teams to share the playbooks of the companies, uh, write down processes. It becomes very much an exercise where you have to write as many things as you can and make them accessible to the staff, to the employees, so that they can self-serve themselves the most. That's what the whole second quarter this year has been for most companies. It's been about figuring out how to really properly communicate uh, with, with the company, not too much, not too little. I'm very much on the opinion that, uh, that remote requires more communication, but very much different communication, much more writing. Um, much shorter, more impactful communications as well as, as what you could do before. That's the one thing that you probably we will continue at, at being more elaborated in the future. We all learned a lot this year on how to collaborate the right way. Well, I think I should turn to the Professor of Behavioral Science. Ben, how adaptable are humans? Don't you think that we might just become more comfortable and better at working from home over the course of time? We're adaptable, humans are adaptable to a certain extent. What will happen as things uh, push working from home as something that is normal, is commonly maybe negotiated by people in their employment contract, a right to work from home a number of times a week or a month or else. Um, as this gets more accepted and more mainstream, what we will see 
are codes, norms that start developing. Uh, certain companies may use certain types of software to monitor what you're doing. Uh, certain other companies will, um, will have some sort of morning coffee chat for all their working employee, uh, working from home employees in a given day. So you will find ways to make working from home feel like a routine because at the end of the day, that's what partly makes us productive at work is the routine. It's the fact that we don't have to spend a lot of mental of cognitive resources trying to understand and make sense of, of the day. We will be better at doing it in the sense that things will be more ritualized in just the same way we take the tube or, or our car or bike in the morning. Uh, we will get into a ritual that will help us um, feel less pressure around the activity of working from home. I do think that despite what we're thinking and saying, working from home would have been possible a long time ago um, and in fact you find articles dating back from the 80s from the 90s uh, making prophecies about you know this this should be the new normal uh, and we had to wait until 2017 for people to yet again say well this is the new normal this is here to stay and there still are multiple advantages to working in the office uh, we've talked about them uh, career building um, the fact that serendipity and informal creativity is virtually impossible uh, Zoom and everything we have is very good at uh, recreating things that are structured with a beginning and an end, but they're not good at reproducing the chance encounters, the serendipity. Uh, and as I said, what makes you feel that you belong to a company is not just you logging into your Zoom account and having a beautiful corporate Zoom background. It is having a chit chat with the receptionist and uh, learning about their kids down the road. I mean, of course, you, you can build a lot of those informal things in a Zoom call, but they feel forced when in real life they actually are not forced because this is the social nature of individuals. I would respectfully disagree with, uh, with Ben on one thing, which is I'm not sure how without the technology that is uh, available today, uh, we could actually efficiently uh, manage a work from home company. Emails to manage a company are very crappy already. Before the email, it's very interesting to me how, how that was even possible. But not even talking about the fact that now video calls are almost free, right? I mean, it's, uh, uh, five, ten years ago, you know, with, uh, we have people in, 100, uh, um, sorry, in 150 cities and 30 countries. Uh, just the phone bill would have been <laughs> just a non-starter for us. Technology has evolved uh, greatly and I think you know now we've got tools that are uh, really suitable for that and, and you know I'm excited about the, the video calls I, as an industry I think that uh, we're just scratching the surface of what uh, the experience of uh, working uh, together online uh, looks like. Being able to chat while you're also talking uh, you know so you don't interrupt the, the, the somebody in front of you you know in a video call is, is gorgeous and you know, there's a ton of little features like this that we're gonna we're gonna find that are going to make the the experience actually very very good and very solid. Talking about productivity, as we said earlier, um, working from home is not suitable for everybody. And there's arguably some personas, some people that actually are much better contributors um, or or employees uh, as remote people as they were in in an office. I've seen uh, people that were introverts, you know, suddenly be able to become managers and, uh, and leaders and have tremendous influence on the company because they feel much more comfortable being themselves in the comfort of their homes. It's a doer's uh, crassy uh, in a sense, in the fact that, you know, the people that do actually have the power 
much more than sometimes the appearance in offices. I've seen uh, across the years uh, people actually benefiting from the, that work from home aspect very much in growing their careers. Chaps, I'm sorry to interrupt. We're tight for time. Your predictions for the future of working from home, if you please. If I'm an organization and I'm trying to decide what balance I should give to working from home, the question I, I need to ask myself are uh, what type of employees would be better suited, what types of jobs would be better suited, uh, and am I in the right industry for that? I can see why and how the tech industry would be really well suited for that. You know, um, organization that needs to grow, uh, grow quickly uh, are very well suited for working from home because you're solving so many issues. So some industries will benefit from working from home, but if I think about my average company that has, you know, headquarters and, and maybe regional offices uh, that has outsourced part of their production, if, if we're talking about good businesses, good uh, businesses in, in part of the world, uh, this is a more of a difficult question. I think it becomes a question of a competitive advantage. Uh, and literally, am I more likely to retain my staff if I give them one day working from home per week? Um, or, or not, you know, and, and what is, what is, where do I put the, uh, the balance? But um, to conclude on the question, it's, to me, it's a, it's a matter of skill set. It shifts it. My, my feeling about this is uh, hybrid is going to be the future rule. Uh, hybrid with, as Ben said, a mix of going to, to the office from time to time and working from home when, when you need or when, you know, a, a number of times uh, during the a number of days during the week probably is going to be the mainstream approach to the uh, topic in the future. And I think, you know, companies like us that are fully working from home are uh, going to grow. There's going to be more and more of us. Uh, and I think, you know, the international aspect is, uh, is at, the, at the core of the reasoning of, uh, of why that is. Uh, if you're building a global business, uh, you know, work from home is terrific. And you save so much time uh, on every step of the way. One category that we haven't uh, pointed out yet uh, in this conversation, and I'm thinking of the uh, the categories of the young, fresh out of college uh, people, for which the one thing that we haven't solved is really onboarding uh, fresh out of school uh, new college students in their first experience. Uh, you know, they, we um, it's very difficult, absolutely without experience, uh, college uh, students joining a company that is remote really struggle. Uh, they need role, mo role models, they need to have uh, uh, peers and, uh, and potentially uh, mentors in the company that uh, they can observe, they can, you know, see how they behave, so they learn. And that part, you know, we're not sure how to solve. And, and so as a consequence, you know, one of the things that we are, we are uh, worried about at, at Platform SH is we, we tend to recruit people that are already experienced, that have uh, five, ten years of, uh, of experience behind them, that they, they know what they do, uh, and, um, and they are actually at an, at an age where they're trying to flee the uh, urban life and trying to get into a place where they've got a house and a garden and a family. Uh, and so they, they are very attracted by our model. But you know, the, the 22, 23, 24 uh, years old that you would find in most startups, we, we don't attract because of this work from home model. So I, I think that category, you know, we, we, we still haven't found the solution there. Yeah, and on this, I think what we tend to see is that the younger generation does indeed really value um, freedom and being recognized for what they do rather than what they've achieved. And it may sound paradoxical, but when I teach 19 or 20 year old these days, they know what my average master's student 10 years ago know. 
Um, so that means that they're much more knowledgeable about the world of business in general. Some of them will have launched their own businesses. Uh, the other day I was interviewing a candidate that um, had a small business uh, of drop selling that was still making about 100k uh, a year of turnover. I mean this is something unheard of uh, back in the day. So. I do think that working from home is also an evolution that will fit into a changing uh, mindset of young recruits. I would say two-thirds of the companies will go for hybrid and the last third would, will be divided between companies that purely work from home like Fred's uh, and companies that actually do not do working from home. So there will be for me perhaps 10-15% of the companies that never work from home for some staff at least or because of their industries. 10-15% uh, that may go fully on board uh, and then the rest of the companies that uh, and that's the vast majority two-thirds I'd say in my crystal ball uh, that would adopt a hybrid model. We'll have to leave it there. Thank you to Fred Place of Platform.sh and Professor Benjamin Royer, Professor of Behavioural Science at ESCP. Keep your eye on thechoice.org for a steady flow of thought-provoking podcasts, articles and much more on the business issues that matter. Thanks for listening.